Welcome to the NZ Sales and Marketing Insider, the podcast where we pull back the curtain and speak to the brains behind sales and marketing activity that has delivered real results. Get inspired and get actionable ideas by hearing what they did and how they did it. Brought to you by me, Ben Rose, along with Gorilla Technology. Welcome to another episode of the NZ Sales and Marketing Insider, supported by product partner 40 Thieves Nutbutters. I'm your host, Ben Rose, and today we're speaking to Wendy Thompson, founder of New Zealand's largest independent social media specialist agency, Socialites. Wendy began her career as a digital marketer at local ad agencies, including DDB and Wybins 20 years ago. She went on to work on a number of brands, with the highlights for her being working on the launch of ASB's Platinum Card. In 2010, Wendy founded Socialites. The Socialites group has grown to now work with iconic local and global brands and has won many business and creative awards over the years. They were especially proud of their recent award as Campaign Australia New Zealand Social Media Agency of the Year 2021 and placing in the Deloitte Fast 50. In her spare time, Wendy's also played a significant role across a number of organisations that aim to foster entrepreneurship, business growth and community support. These include involvement with Entrepreneur Organisation New Zealand, the Well Foundation and judging at a host of local awards, including the FEs, Beacons and the Westpac Business Awards. So that's enough from me. Let's hear from Wendy. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Oh, thanks. Lovely to have me, Ben. It's like having your mum talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, it's, like really, it's like really embarrassing, but it's great. <laughs> let, let, let's talk a little bit about, about you know, your history. So you've ended up in social media. You didn't start up in social media. So can you can you talk to me about what that why, why that journey happened and how you ended up where you are today? Well, I suppose, like, it didn't exist. Like, there was no social media when I was, like, at school. So that, it was that. Um, and I think it's kind of cool that I'm in this age group that remember a time before the internet, but yet yep. ha, you know have, are very involved in the internet as we as we go now. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, in my first few jobs in ad ag- ad agencies, which was like my spiritual home, I knew very early on in my first ad job that um, I was always really interested in the tech sort of techy sort of side of it. Yeah. Which back in those days was like flash banner ads on <laughs> Trade Me. I think we did like the first one ever. Like sort of and a bad like a banner ad on trade me that kind of stuff and like email marketing like that was like pretty full on, mm. um, so that kind of stuff and I'd always sort of probably the same sort of thing I was like the youngest so yep. and I was interested so I kind of got given those jobs and then um, I suppose yeah in 2010 I'd been run, run my my husband at the time we like we're now separated but at the time my husband had a physio uh, and Pilates practice right and so I was using social media you know, as the marketing part, part side of the business mm. to connect with our customers. And, yep. um, and it just was so phenomenally effective back then. There was, you know, 100% organic reach, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all those yeah. things that don't happen nowadays, yep. algorithms, no ads. And it was just phenomenal. And at the time, uh, you know, my friends in the industry were like, hey, the board's talking about the social media fad. Mm-hmm. Can you come mm-hmm. and help out? And yep. it kind of developed into a business very organically at the time. So, so, and then, yeah, so, so, changed so, a bit since then. Let, let's talk about social media today. Um, so, you know, mm. back back in the day, people thought it was a bit of a fad. Clearly, it's not. Why no. should businesses <laughs> take um, social media seriously? Um, I suppose it, it's just not a fad. Like right it, right now, it's the abs, absolute apex of communications. I, I like we've seen it with um, with the pandemic. In a way, the pandemic 
although horrific on so many levels, has fast forwarded a lot of development in the digital media space because for so many reasons you couldn't, you know, you couldn't keep doing things like how you had been doing. You know, outdoor didn't really work if no one was traveling um, from a marketing point of view. You know, cinema didn't work because no one was going to the cinemas. Yeah, like yeah. You kind of, we kind of just took all these things off the table and suddenly the only thing, way that you could communicate was through digital mm. that, and that you'd know would get to people. And so a lot of um, a lot of budgets have obviously moved towards social as they should because that's where the eyeballs have moved to, which has been really, really exciting. Um, also really interesting right now is, like I've got two children, 13 and 16, and talking to them, this is why I've got a big and why I've just co-founded uh, another company called Toro Creative with, with Richard and Omar, um, Richard from Pure SEO and Omar, who's been in the space for a while. And that's a NFT creative company mm-hmm. just to really help companies go from Web 2, which is where we are now, to Web 3. And it's really interesting because people go, oh, yeah, I suppose it makes sense. Like you sort of knew that social was going to be big. And I'm like, I so knew. I could see that social was going to be the next thing. Yeah, yeah. And like it is, and you know, we've built a very successful company around that. And the next big thing, which is definitely not a fad, is the Web3, the metaverse, um, NFTs, like all of that is, it's, it's just going to happen. It's going to be a huge part of what we le- need to learn as marketers. So I'm investing in training up my team and um, learning all about it so we can sort of help other companies sort of get into that space. But you must be able to talk to my children. Yeah, they're not in. They're not on Facebook. No, no. They're in Discord. So so that's one of the challenges, right? With 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 social is is knowing where to play and where the you know where where to invest because what's popular today won't be tomorrow, right? Exactly. You need to stay nimble. Um, That's the fun of it. I think. Like personally, it's not a set and forget platform, and it's not like you have to have a living strategy, which. In the old days, like 20 years ago, when I was working, we'd, we'd set a media plan for a year. Mm-hmm. And we'd work really hard for two months, get the media plan signed off. And then we basically lunch for the last, like, 10 months. It was amazing. Awesome. Like, loved it. I think I lived in the golden age. That does <laughs> not happen nowadays. Like, now it's always, you completely need to be changing or re- revising your strategy, you know, almost, like, at a tactical level daily but at a strategic level, at least quarterly. It's really, really important because new platforms come in. Um, it's really interesting. So how, how, do, you, how do you marry that um, need for agility with bigger clients where they set their budgets in annual rounds and they work in a bit more of a waterfall kind of way? Uh, it's, it's a tricky one, but we're very lucky that we, like our clients do understand that. So even though they've got an annual budget, mm. we talk them through, it's, it's an annual budget that they let us control for them but it's they are I suppose we've over the years sort of taught them enough that we'll have it like a budget we're not going to go over like that's the budget but in terms of exactly what we're doing with it we need to stay flexible and take them on the journey with us it's like right we were going to go completely down I don't know snapchat but yeah, we can yeah. see that the tide's turning we're going to like actually put some of our budget into you know tiktok or discord or twitch or whatever the next thing is um, so I think you just have to have that that trusted relationship is everything, and that's why I mean that's why we're an agency and and not in the house I suppose. Totally. <laughs> we need to be looking outside of what's going on and be like, yep, yeah, okay, we need to. Um, but living strategy is just so important. But, yeah, but, it is frustrating talk, for the team. Talk, talk they, of, they, talk they, like these beautiful documents, and then it's like, yeah, sorry, that changed. But <laughs> talking of the talking of the trust side of things. That must be quite scary for some organisations because, you know, effectively you're, you're having your presence on another platform. 
So there's a bit of risk there, right? So how do you how do you work them through overcoming some of the trepidation they might they might fear? Oh, it's I don't know. It's so natural to me. It's hard to. It's a great question, Ben. It's just so natural to me. I think a lot of it is probably. No, we've been doing it a long time, like twelve years. <laughs> so I suppose you've got that um, social life as a company. We've got that security that we've been around. We're not new off the block. We're we're doing this for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, our reputation is absolutely everything, and they and they know that. So we're not going to um, take them on a in the, on the wrong path. It's it's very. We we try and be as data led as possible, mm, but mm. saying that, sometimes you just have to go with your gut, and that's an interesting one, and that's the hardest one to do with um, with big clients as well. Where you're like, I know that the data is saying this, but we can just feel that it's going to go this way and we really think you need to think about this mm -hmm. so um that's the hardest conversations but when they come off it's like the best feeling in the world so yeah, yeah. i think to play in the social space you need a bit of or actually to be honest to be a marketer nowadays you need to be a bit brave mm -hmm. and um but that's the fun part right if we just wanted to do what i did 20 years ago very fun but in a different space <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so lunching Least learning. <laughs> so, so twenty years ago, probably MySpace yeah. and Friendster were were things, right? They were, yeah, but we didn't get into those. <laughs> so, so now you know. So now you see. So, so Facebook was niche, then it became mass, and everyone was kind of over it. So, so from a business point of view, how do they work out where they should be playing, and how do they work out where the right place for their brand is? Well, that's still the you know the marketing one one that's been around for fifty years, which is just find out where your customers are and where they're having conversations. Yeah. So that still absolutely applies today, and I think I don't think that will ever change. It's just looking at you know the state stages and looking at like a you know a thirteen year old gamer mm -hmm. girl like my daughter. Mm -hmm. You know she's on Discord, she's on Twitch, she's on a little bit of YouTube, but she goes from there. She's got them all. All of her the people that she follows are all starting up kind of like nft worlds and yeah, stuff like yeah. that's that's where it's going so i always do look to the young people mm. um because they are the next generation and they're so um what i love about the young the because like my generation is that or our generation is that sort of first generation of like we sort of we're before internet but then we really young enough to kind of go grow with it yeah. but we still remember a time without it mm. but the generation that came after us they grew up with it completely embedded so they use it really differently whereas i kind of I was sort of, you know, doing. And if, if you look at the early Facebook, it's like this. Like, remember we used to talk in like third person. Yes. Like Wendy is blah blah blah. Yes. Like what? Totally. Well, why would we do that? Wendy is having a cupcake. Like just crazy because we used to apply old school ways of like old school, I suppose, platforms like mm. magazines or newspapers yeah. to new platforms. Mm -hmm. So it was hilariously funny. But now, like, I look at the old stuff. It's so embarrassing. Um, and just do like just a photo or with a crazy caption and it just you can't do that nowadays whereas the kids coming through use the social platforms how they're kind of set up designed to be using so you know if they're on instagram like if you look at any teenagers they'll have no photos they don't use it as a record of their lives like my generation does yeah they use it as a i know it's really kind of hard. I don't really understand. Um, but they do use it just to scroll through for inspiration. But they don't mm. want to put themselves on there at all, which is weird, but how it is. But then they use Snapchat as their you know, primary means of communication. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then their conversations I like to have on different platforms completely with brands and things. But they like to – yeah, with brands, they like to have communications on, on your discords. And we've, I can see that that's where it's going to be. 
So that's where I'm helping to, um, you know, that's sort of three to five years away, but it's kind of, it's coming up fast. So well, I, I was amazed. I've got yeah, um, really some 10 year old daughters who, um, they talk to their friends in Roblox in the, in the metaverse there and they buy, um, things for their avatar and they, you know, with real money, but they buy, you know, like Lil Nas X had a shop selling, um, yeah. selling body parts that you could buy and add to your avatar. So, you yeah. know, it's kind of happening now, right? Yep, and and their pets and mm. um, like all that stuff. So we're making NFTs, little characters for socialites at the moment, or everybody in the team, and yep. probably our clients and things as well, just to get them used to that. Yeah, great way of way of being because I just think it's just so important um, as a marketer that we're sort of across what's happening. It's just it's really interesting. Like I'm quite excited by it, as you can tell, because it's you know social has been really interesting, but I sort of feel. Okay, we're out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Whew, as a business owner, that was quite tricky. Yep. Um, now it's time to have a bit of fun. And I think we're so lucky to be in marketing because now we've just, this has come out of like like Mark Zuckerberg, even love or, love or hate, he's been working on this kind of metaverse thing. He has actually been working on it for like eight, you know, seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. And the tech's just coming through now. Yes. And there's stuff ahead of him. And they've still got a long way to go, but that's going to drive a lot of it. Um, it's some really interesting companies doing some interesting, cool things. So hopefully, we can get lots of cool New Zealand companies to think the same. So well, I let's think. so let's let's talk about <laughs> we'll your see. let's talk about your New Zealand company. So, so if you look back over over the years of Socialites, did, are there any particular, I suppose, sales achievements or pitches that you won that really stand out for you? Because one of the things we try and um, look at through this podcast is where people have um, really nailed it in terms of sales and what led to that. Yeah. Um, one, the first one that comes to mind is a little bit just because of what we've been talking about um, in terms of trust and when you can get a client to do something that's quite outside, mm. you know, the, the norm of, you know, a big media spreadsheet with like this many tarps and blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. Yep. And that was when, which to me is just so boring, like to be honest, I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's not a challenge. Like anyone can sell tarps. Yeah. Like, okay, so what? So this is in, gosh, whatever year it was, 2016, and Telecom rebranded to Spark. Mm. And we got called up by Jason Paris like three weeks before. Um, um, and was like, we don't have a social media strategy. I hear it's quite big for the kids at the stage. And we're oh like, my gosh. yeah, it is. <laughs> Which is kind of cool. And we were a very small company at this stage. I think there's like three, maybe four of us. Oh, wow. What a call and to get. It was a pretty awesome call to get. We're like, okay, right. Um, we're like, yep, we can handle this. I moved the entire huge team into the Spark offices because we still had our existing clients. So like we had Mitre 10 and some like large clients, Fantastic. but there was just a few of us. Yeah. Um, we moved them in so we could like be more efficient and um, we came up with a strategy and the bulk of it was one of the cool parts was they wanted to go after more of a younger audience, which Vodafone at the time completely owned. Mm. They were, Vodafone was cool and Telecom was like corporate, not That's cool. Right. Not a dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really wasn't cool at all. And Spark was like, we want to be cool young. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And I was like, well, everyone's on Snapchat. And they're like, what? And we're like, yep, all the kids are on Snapchat. Do you have any st- statistics to support it? None. We didn't have any because it was quite new, Snapchat, yeah. then, and there were just no statistics available wow. for New Zealand. So I couldn't say, well, 80% of teenagers are on Snapchat. Didn't have that to work with. <laughs> just went with, trust me. And it was like a, trust me, I know you've only just met us, but all the kids are on Snapchat. I think this needs to be a key part of your rollout strategy. You know, so the big agencies were doing all the big, beautiful brands and colors. And we're like, okay, but to launch, like your consumer launch, um, let's do a, let's get you on Snapchat as a brand. You'll be the first New Zealand corporate on Snapchat. Really? Uh, so no one else has ever done it. Yeah. Yep. No one else has done it. You will be first. In other words, 
no idea if it works or not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can't track anything. Um, and what we ended up doing is a roadshow around New Zealand led by Snapchat. And they came up, came up with this cool idea of these basically ATMs and the automatic thanks machines. And you'd go in there with your spark phone, put in your phone number, and there's all these prizes that you got. And we did a roadshow. But the only way you could find out about where these um, little spark machines were was via Snapchat. And we gave uh, clues every day. We sort of followed the journey, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so it started out with like, you know, 10 people turning up. <laughs> oh my Went around the country more and more and more. By the time we got to Hamilton, it was like, we went to get high security guards. There was You're like people kidding. being chased down the street. No, absolutely just bonkers. Awesome. It was so cool. So it like completely, stupidly oh. successful, like ridiculously successful. And one of those ones that even though that was a small part of the overall brand campaign and, you know, it was a huge budget for the overall thing and ours was a very small part, I think from a brave company doing something with, you know, no stats, nothing to make it up, just a big gut feel, like, we know that all young people are on Snapchat. How do you know? We just know. Okay. Um, so so how, how do you sell that in? Because that's a company that has in-house research and insights teams who love data all over the show. So so how, how does yeah. that happen? How do you do it? A big, a big smile. I don't know. <laughs> Had you worked with Jason before? No, no. So they just heard no, of you I, through work that you guys had done. Yeah, just we're recommended by recommended by a friend. Um, so we can, you know, it's word of mouth, right? Mm, and yeah. like we were doing really good work. So I suppose, and we were working with other big brands, and and. Like we were like we were right, so that was good. That <laughs> and that ended up having we were right, um, you know. And we knew we were putting our reputation on the line as well. Like mm. it was a big risk for us. Like if we'd got that wrong, our reputation would have been yep. down the gurgler. Yep. Yep. So we really did put ourselves out there. Put and at the end of the day, I think in the terms of the overall budgeting spend, ours was a very tiny amount of money. Mm. So mm. it wasn't really a huge risk financially. Yeah, okay. But it completely. Um, just went off the charts. We won all these awards for it and ended up having a very long-term relationship with Spark, which was really special. Um, helped them build up their internal team because they didn't have one. Right, okay. okay. Yeah, it was really cool. So so, so, talk to me about a pitch. How do you go about uh, winning a pitch? What does that look like? Um, we hardly, we very rarely pitch, actually, to be honest. Um, very rarely. We tend to have clients come to us to hear about us and they're like, let's see how we can work together mm, is mm. more how we t- tend to work. To work. I, I, I think, honestly, it, it's got to go both ways because, as you say, if you don't have a company that's prepared to be brave and trust you and you've mm. got to have that trust, mm. then it's it's just not going to work. So we also are, you know, compared to, you know, the big, the big four, we're a small company, so we're not going to – we can't spend like a month working on a pitch for a client. Like that's just not financially a good idea as a business company yeah yeah um for us we don't have the depth of research i mean there's only you know just over 30 people in our company Mm -hmm, mm it's pretty it's still pretty small we run pretty lean um which is kind of cool so so for people listening who we tend to have great clients so so, so for people listening who might be thinking about looking for um an agency whether it's social media or anything else Mm. very often a pitch is the go-to but tell me about how you know how that works from the other side because you know you're, you're talking about the amount of resource it takes to to take part in one of those um yeah what's a better way for we tend we tend not to we'll always do we'll always do like credentials pitch so we're always happy to come in and um you know talk about who we are what we think what we do 
but that's kind of when it I think if it gets to the stage where um, clients are going okay well what would you do for us we could do a very top line or here's five or six you know we've spent like a couple of hours here's five or six things we could think Mm. but otherwise it's very very expensive and time consuming for agencies to do that so I do think the risk of for clients to do that is one yes you might know that you've got the right agency but you'll probably get a lot of companies like us who wouldn't be prepared to go through that process because we're it's just too expensive for us time and resource wise to risk doing something which we'd normally get paid for so (laughs) it's kind of like it's like do you and I suppose we are a specialist agency as well like we are the best at social media we know we are if someone wants the best they'll come to us Mm -hmm. if they're not sure they'll go to a few other people or whatever but so far I don't know. That's what's happened in the last ten years. Who knows? Or twelve years? Who knows what's next? Awesome. <laughs> next well, let's happen. let's talk about how you market yourselves then as an organisation. So, how how have you done that? We are, I suppose, because we're B two B. We we don't really do like advertising per se. We we haven't done much at the moment. Um, we have been pretty good at keeping our social media. Um, pretty good going though right now we're going through a brand refresh which is super exciting so we've actually been a little bit quiet on the social just as we work out the new brand and that's because we bought this really awesome company the social club uh, which is an influencer agency specialist agencies two years ago Mm -hmm. and part of our um, plan which always was was to integrate the social club which is a very strong brand amazing company systems processes um, into the socialites group right. and a part of that two-year kind of we're at the end of that two-year process and that's to actually get the brands working together rather than separate brands as the teams kind of come together mm. so that's really exciting so we've just been doing that so you'll see a new look and feel kind of hitting the website and socials um what do we do we do you know mel and i melanie's um my ceo who's officially the ceo and i'm officially just the founder now which is very exciting awesome. Congratulations. um which thank you it's, it's a big it's a big step and really really great mel's really proven herself over the last couple of years and um but her and her and i do a lot of speaking when we get asked to do talks right, or okay. um yeah. conferences things like that but i think just in general i think luckily our work seems to speak for itself i think not sure we haven't had to go out and pitch yet. Who knows? <laughs> when we get to that stage, we will. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's cool. So, all right, well, let's let's talk more generally about social media. So, what are some common myths about social media marketing that you hear about in the market? Probably the biggest one, and it applies to marketing in general, is um, that once you've sold something, like your job's done mm-hmm. as a marketer, mm-hmm. like, right, I've got the sale, job done like that is so not how it works especially and you see that on social media more than anything because that entire customer you know talk about a customer lifestyle cycle or life circle um that real thinking of a customer is not just a one-off purchase tick on your sales sheet it's that it's that the customer is a real person they're your advocate the aftercare service the community that they join and i think the biggest thing for people to sort of remember, or for us as marketers to remember, is once someone buys something for you, mm-hmm. they've like emotionally invested in your company, and they feel part of your community, and they feel you that they, that you owe them. <laughs> so yeah, right. you're kind of like it becomes a, t- a very it comes a much stronger relate. So you spend we spend all this money, and I see so many companies doing this, spending all this money just trying to get customers, mm. and then they just like there's just nothing, and it's like I personally think you should be spending like three qu- three quarters to eighty percent. On looking after your existing customers because they will get you more customers than you just setting up a acquisition funnel. I personally believe. 
not for every single industry, but a lot of them, most of them. Um, so it's that really looking after your community, looking after your customers, investing in that mm. is, I believe, yeah, the, the biggest myth. Sales, just get us out. No, 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 no. It's not like that's like 10% of the job, 90% of the job to go. Kind of like the wedding is not getting married. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, probably the, it's, probably, it's the best way to explain it. Like the wedding is great. Mm. But it's the marriage you've got to look after. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's how I think we need to think about customers. And that's where we need to look where our budgets are. It's not just about getting new ones. It's how do we look after the ones that we've got. Because it used to be that social media and digital would be at the end of the schedule. And they were, you know, they were they had a quite a small uh, percentage of the overall budget. How do you um, find that these days? Oh, it's massively changed, which has been phenomenal. New Zealand's still not up to where we're at overseas. So I've, Overseas, 60, 70 plus percent of budgets are going into digital. Mm-hmm. Here, it's still like 30 or 40. It's right, kind right. of a bit sad. But that will that is that is changing every day. Um, also, probably one of the reasons we're not like pitching so much is our existing customers are obviously increasing their budgets yep. in social and digital every right. year significantly as the eyeballs move mm. and as the um, conversations move. So that's really exciting uh, because, yeah, just pandemics pace and all of that sort of thinking but the budgets are definitely shifting and they should do because you know they should weird, follow where people, people want to chat yeah, yeah, yeah like at the end of the day we're up to people i read some yesterday just the other day so 75 percent of people under 40 so i'm only i'm a little bit over 40 but people 75 percent of people under 40 haven't watched tv at all in the last week wow so yeah, 75% yeah. don't watch TV. Yeah. And yet I still see people go, TV budgets first and then everything else. Mm-hmm. Might, but why would you? That's like 25% of your of your market. It's time to and change you people. don't even know if they're going to watch, watch watch that particular TV show which has your ad on it. Like it just, oh, it's just bonkers. And as someone who used to work in that space, I feel I'm kind of qualified to talk about that as yeah. opposed to yeah, yeah, yeah. someone who's never worked in there. I have worked in that. I get it. I love it. But it's not quite right. Um, you mentioned earlier um, Spark having they didn't have an in-house team and you helped them build one. Um, yeah. So what what's the purpose of a you know an inbound in-house team versus an outsourced agency? Where, where does each have a have a role? Yeah, they're both really important. So from a social media perspective, having an internal social media person, I think, is especially in you know mid to larger size companies, is quite important because social media is one of these things that you know, it's not just creative or strategic or, med- or paid media. It kind of sits across, like it literally sits across an entire company. So if you've got someone and you need like a an advocate or a leader inside the company to make sure it actually goes across the entire company because you, really, you can't silo social media off from anything. So you need that person or people inside. But then why you need an agency is that, especially, especially smaller businesses, but... Um, even even mid-sized ones, it's, it's kind of like the woods for the trees thing. And that's where agencies are really phenomenal because they often have that larger, you know, they're not in the glass bowl of, because when you work for a company, you know, you it's all about only see brand. what's around your company. Totally. It's, yeah, it's all yeah. about that. And, yeah. Well, of course, everybody knows that our our brand makes blue and pink things. No, they like they really don't. Like So that's where an agency kind of does that wood for the trees. Yes. Um, thinking, sense-checking. And that's what an agency, sh- you know, that's their job really, um, is to be that eyes and ears out in the wider world going, mm. hey, have you, 
you wouldn't have heard of this, but you should be aware of it. Hey, this is happening over here with our other clients. You're going to need to get amongst this. Um, and that's the value of agencies. So is that different for smaller businesses and larger businesses or is it the same? It's pretty much the same, actually, to be honest. Um, the bigger companies have tend to have more access to like data and resource. Right. So from that point of view, they can often get that, but they still don't have that wood for the trees, I'm in a glass bowl yeah. that an agency can bring. Um, yeah, they, they don't, unfortunately. <laughs> how, do, how do they differ in other ways, bigger and small companies? Because you know, I'm interested in understanding, I suppose, in, when it comes to social media marketing, what the bigger ones know that the smaller ones don't, or vice versa. What do you see? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is data and that sort of depth. Like if you're... And that's why, like, for example, because we are, you know, we're a large agency for New Zealand, large social media agency for New Zealand, we have access to a whole lot of, I suppose, um, I don't like the word perks, but like um, we can open up a lot of extra options for our clients yep. that they wouldn't be able to get. Even as big companies, they're not big enough by themselves, but because right. as a whole, all our clients are together, Meta can give us special access to things, okay. um, TikTok, et cetera, et cetera. So that you kind of can get your partnership um, you know, access to things that, you know, or, or knowing about stuff in advance or yeah, special yeah. insights or, you know, I think we were the, one of the first companies, actually we were, we've, we helped um, House of Travel at the time do the first like Facebook canvas ad this was years ago, but we were like the first ones to do it. And the reason we could do it was because like we had a really good relationship with Facebook and they're like, hey, we're doing this thing. Do you have any clients who'd be into this? Right. like, sure. Yeah, 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 great. You know, kind of thing. So you yeah. get those perks yeah. from an agency, yeah, yeah. Um, which you can't get as a big corporate unless you're, like ridiculously large and you spend like you, all your hundred million dollars on meter, yeah, then they'll yeah, probably yeah. look after you. Yeah. 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 But and what, yeah. what about agility? Because, you know, clearly one of the, one of the most important things on social media is responsiveness and, and agility. Absolutely. Is that a, a big company's now geared up to deliver that? To a point. Yes. Well, we, that's what we help them do. Like right. literally that's our main job because you're right, it's really tricky, and especially with communications. So we have a like a full-time, well, almost got one and a half, almost two full-time teams, which are 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. community management, like just keeping an eye on what's going on um, across all our clients and just answering every comment, moderating, or answering every comment that needs to be answered, moderating, just seeing wow. what the mood of the nation is, right. capturing insights. It's a really important part of what we do, and we do that on behalf of like these very large brands. And as part of that, when you're trying to, you know, talk for a, a telco or a bank or a pharmaceutical company, you've got to be really careful. So the systems and processes we have in place, which we've developed over the last 10 years, are like phenomenally good in terms of um, FAQs, escalation plans, all of that sort of stuff. It's really tricky, but it works, um, which is really cool. And lots, lots of, of your, training. Lots of your clients <laughs> are regulated, um, you know, listed yeah. entities. So lots of rules yeah. and regulations around compliance, et cetera. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And it used to be like it, yeah, like there's a lot of hoops that have been, that have been jumped through mm, so that mm. my team can like answer without having to get it approved by 10 lawyers. But there's just systems and processes that have been put up in place that we, that we do it and we do it fast and timely. The worst thing you can do is just let something sit there, no comment, if it's a bad, you know, something negative. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because social media isn't just a marketing channel. It's a service channel. It's a it's an all sorts of things channel. Yeah. It's everything. <laughs> and that's why I love it. Like, everyone finds it really hard. It's like, which box? Should it be in the marketing department? Should it be in the 
comms department, especially in big companies where you've got corporate comms, then you've got the marketing department and often they're like sort of fighting over social. And I'm like, look, social should be in its own department. But because <laughs> it, it kind of also, it literally works across everywhere. Um, yeah, it's definitely marketing. It's def- definitely corporate comms. It's definitely customer service. Mm. At the end of the day, it's kind of its own thing. But what I'm seeing now, which I'm loving, is that in the old days you'd, you know, go, oh, here's our TV commercial, go put it on social media. And now it's like, okay, what social media um, campaign are we going to do? Okay, what part of that can we put on TV? So we've been doing that a bit in the last year, which is very exciting. And that's what's happening overseas, and that's what's going to happen more and more. So you start with the social the social idea, yeah. as we call it, like which to me is just, Start with the people idea. What's something that people will actually want to engage with rather mm. than just watch? Like what's going to capture their imagination and they want to get involved with? Because if you just put like a pretty cheap ad on um, Facebook, yes, people will go, oh, that's really lovely, but they're not going to not going to make a change. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, come on, we can do better than that. We're in, we're in 2022. It also doesn't recognize <laughs> the, you know, the functionality of the channel as well. You know, I, I used to work at, at ASB yeah. and we ran a campaign called Like Loan where every vote, oh, uh, the headline rate would one. go down. And, all that sort of thing. And, and I think that, yeah, the, the key part of the success there was it was two-way because it's not just a broadcast channel. Yeah. Right? yeah, it's like actually like let's involve our community. And I think that's, that's the whole point. As I went back to earlier, you know, as I said earlier, when a customer buys from you, or in our case, you know, on social, engages with you, mm. like you're in, you're in that marriage. Yeah. You've got to, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. they expect something and they don't want to just be shouted at. So you've got to like give them an opportunity to have a chat back. And, and you get so many amazing insights from that. Like we've had clients, like, gosh, yeah, like change business models and make really big decisions. Um, and our big, you know, our large, large corporates, especially during those first quite tough lockdowns. You know, our community management team, the insights that they were getting were daily going up to the board for them to make really big business decisions based on that because the media would say one thing and it wouldn't be right. So it's like, well, that's not what your community is saying. Like, yeah, the media's like, oh, everyone's scared about this. And our community's like, nah, that's not a problem at all. But this is, and that's not, you know, it's kind of really so fascinating. Well, often it's hard, particularly in big organisations, mm. to be close to your customers and know what's happening. Whereas, you know, oh, especially if you've got hundreds and hundreds of thousands and millions of them. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Wendy, this has been this has been really interesting. Thank you um, for, for your time today. But the way we always end this podcast is by asking you for um, a single piece of advice that you would like to leave our listeners with something that they could go in action tomorrow. What would it be? Mine would be. Hmm, would be just have a reflection on how are you checking in on your community and your customers? And are you getting stuff back from them rather than just talking to them? What are they telling you? Just checking you've got that circle going. Wendy Thompson, thank you so much. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for listening to this episode of the NZ Sales and Marketing Insider. If you liked it, you can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app for fortnightly episodes. For other great New Zealand podcasts, head over to podcasts.nz. Thanks to our friends at 40 Thieves Nut Butters, listeners to the podcast can get a 20% discount when purchasing online. Just go to 40thieves.co.nz and use the promo code INSIDER20. See you next time.